This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in listener land, this is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, episode number five. I want to welcome you guys back. This is our uh, first episode after our big rollout, and we've got a really, really cool episode here for you. Uh, I'm with my co-host, Steve, in our virtual studio. What's going on, Steve? Hey, Tucker. Glad to be back. Yeah, we uh, we took a week off there after the rollout, but you know that just gives us a lot of extra stuff to talk about. So I'm excited to be back in studio here, and we'll be chatting about the market recap this week, which is something I always enjoy talking about. But before we get into that, maybe let me know what's going on with you and your business this week. I know you got a lot of big things popping. Yeah, no, we do. We do. So as usual, I kind of like to break it out onto two fronts. On the broker side of things, have a couple interesting things going on. If you recall, we had met at a property that it was a development opportunity near Progress Ridge. It's about three and a half acres, about 45 seconds from Progress Ridge to be exact. I do have an accepted offer on that property. Actually, we got a full price offer here within a couple of weeks of going on the market. So we're pretty excited about that. We're working out the details, which don't work out very quickly. I mean, we actually have a year contract on it with two six-month extensions. That's just kind of the nature of your world, as you uh, know very well. Also, I had kind of talked a little bit in one of the previous episodes about a buyer that I was working with who is in the trucking industry. And we were going to go out and look at some very high-end homes in West Lynn. Well, we've had a fantastic, successful process there in that we are now in contract on a Street of Dreams home for 2016. You and I have kind of talked a little bit about this off the air, but it's probably one of the best Street of Dreams that I can recall or will be. It's one that I'm incredibly excited about and feel very fortunate to be a part of literally from the breaking of ground, which is happening or about to happen as we speak. For those of our listeners that don't know where it's at, it's actually on Pete's Mountain. It's right across from Oregon Golf Club. So you have these large two-acre parcels with beautiful Mount Hood views. They're actually putting a vineyard there. So at the back of these houses, they're going to have a view of a vineyard with Mount Hood behind it. You're across the street from Oregon Golf Club. Some of the homes may have golf cart garages. Others, I know I'm, I'm working with my buyer right now, and he's not really into that. He just wants a regular garage, but he will park a golf cart there, and he'll be able to drive over to Oregon Golf Club. It's just going to be one of the special Street of Dreams of our lifetimes, and I'm super excited to be a part of that. So that is something that we're doing on the broker side. On the brokerage side, we've got a really exciting partnership that we are working with uh, Lawyers Title on. They've actually... Just here in the past week, we've officially rolled them out as our preferred in-house title escrow company. That's going to be really, really exciting for our brokers. There's a lot of perks they're going to get. They're going to be able to escalate files at any time. Anytime one of our brokers is either on the listing side or the buy side with lawyer's title, automatically they're going to get a red envelope and they're going to get moved to the front of the line and get preferential treatment. There's a whole array of other marketing benefits and other perks that our partnership with this fantastic title company 
will bring to our brokers. My account executive, Denise Wilson, she's somebody that I've been talking to a couple times. A lot of people in the industry know her, and I know that here in the very near future, we're going to get her on as a guest speaker, and we'll kind of talk a little bit further about that. Beyond that, I'm just really excited about a lot of things going on and keeping really busy. How about yourself, Tucker? What do you got? You know, similar. Uh, speaking of Street of Dreams, I mean, yeah, next year's location is going to be really, really cool. I, I know the developers pretty well that are actually in the process of completing that development so that the builders can start building and your buyers can start getting their dream homes built for them. And so I, I was actually up at Street of Dreams for this year. Last Thursday, they had the 40th anniversary of Street of Dreams party. So they invited all the old past builders or a good majority of them anyway. And so I was one of those, of course. And I was talking to the guys that are developers for next year, but also uh, another couple of buddies that I have that are builders, and they're doing a spec home up there. And so I guess there's one spec home, and, and they're doing it. And then uh, I guess Steve Blake is building his house up there as well. And imagine he's using Blazer Homes to build his house. Kind of funny, huh? So Yeah, actually, Steve Blake is – we're on lot seven. Jeff Haggard is the builder that we're working with, and Steve Blake is next door. I believe he's on lot six. Yeah, so – Anyway, he's uh, obviously putting in a full sport court and some other cool stuff, but it'll be a really prestigious development. Definitely a great location right there on top of Pete's Mountain across Morgan Golf Club. Big lots, great views, and you've got the vineyard put in. I, I do think it'll be probably the best street of dreams that we've ever seen. Of course, I love the year that we did, but these are definitely as prime a real estate as you're going to find closer into the Portland metro area. So I'm excited to see how it turns out. Hopefully we can get the developers on for that in an upcoming show as well. I've talked to them about it and they said that they would. So as long as our schedules match up, you know, our listeners will be able to hear from them as well. Now on my front, as far as what's going on with me and my business this week, it's been kind of a crazy week. We've had a lot of challenging stuff, mainly dealing with trying to get some projects off the ground. We've been stuck in the starting block. One particular is almost one acre view lot of Lake Oswego. It looks over the entire lake. It's a panoramic view. It's an amazing piece of property. It'll probably be a $2 million house when we're done with it. And we've had stormwater issues on how to deal with our stormwater. And so I met with the geotechs and our civil engineer today, and I think we finally came up with a way to satisfy the city and ensure that the property remains safe in dealing with our on-site infiltration. So I'm hopeful that we can get that started quickly, but when we get that house built, uh, I'll make sure to post pictures on our Facebook page and our website, and I'm sure you'll see it, Steve. We'll probably have a, a little party up there and whatnot because it literally overlooks the whole lake, which is really cool. But we also just inked a deal on a brand new piece of dirt in Dunthorpe. It's uh, one and a quarter acres in Dunthorpe. And we're going to be building probably a 3.2 to 3.4 million dollar spec home on there. Wow. We're yeah, we're we're going pretty big baller on this house, but you know it's over an acre. It's in Dunthorpe. It's off Iron Mountain Boulevard. It's in Dunthorpe, but it's close to downtown Lake Oswego, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. And I'm really excited about that. We're kind of going through our due diligence process. I'm meeting my arborist over there tomorrow just to kind of do a general accounting, make sure there's no crazy trees that can't be cut down or anything like that because it's pretty heavily wooded because it is just dirt usually we buy stuff knock it down and we build a new home in its place but this is just dirt it was a family that owned the piece of property for probably the last 60 years and so it's just been sitting there so i'm really excited about that project and that's one that will kick off beginning part of next year and then lastly we close up on a project that's just down the street from my house on upper drive this next week it was originally going to be a three lot project but I think we've adjusted it to make it a two-lot. City of Lake Oswego is really difficult in developing flag lots, and so we want to be able to build the most desirable type of homes that we can without having height restrictions and setback restrictions. So I think we're going to convert it to a two-lot. We're going to do a really cool two-level home up front, and then we're going to do a really, really cool big ranch with Master on the Main on the back lot. 
and there'll be just maybe three quarters of an acre lots each and it's right off upper drive so we got a lot of stuff going on mainly in lake oswego and dunthorpe but you know i'm really excited about everything we've got in the pipeline and this next year should be a, a year of some really really cool houses that we're building that's fantastic congratulations on some big projects going on yeah no i appreciate it but Beyond that, this episode, we're really going to dive into what's going on with the market. Last episode we did pretty much was bananas out there in the marketplace. You put something up for sale, as long as it's within reason price-wise, you probably have 18 offers, which uh, I'm sure you're experiencing on the listing front. But we've got the new market action report out, which is something that I look at really closely every month. And so before I dive into what I think's going on, uh, I know you've had a chance to review it. What do you take from this month's report? You know, I see... I see evidence of a little bit of a slowdown. I'd say it's a negligible amount. I mean, it's not a dramatic slowdown. There was some interesting facts in here. I mean, the fact that we had the best July ever, and that includes the last boom, of course, because that would categorize under the ever category. We also have here that there was a little bit of a downtick in the amount of inventory we went from 1.6 months to 1.7, you know, days on market ticked up, I think, a day. So there's there's a little bit of a sign of a slowing, but I don't think it's a dramatic slowing. I mean, we're seeing a little bit of that on some of our listings, but again, it's not a, a monstrous amount. There's been a lot of talk here in just the past week about something we talked about on the show here not too long ago, which is just the growth pattern of Portland and the amount of people that are moving here from other areas. All of a sudden here in the last week, I've seen article after article talking about the traffic. And I don't know if you remember, I sure do, Tucker. Not that long ago, you had a window of bad traffic from like, you know, rush hour, three to six. And if you weren't on the roads at that time, then you kind of got where you wanted to go in normal driving conditions. But I'm noticing more and more, it doesn't matter if it's Saturday, if it's Sunday, if it's Tuesday at noon, our roads are just, they're clogging up. So there's been a lot of talk about that. And that does absolutely factor into real estate. I think our real estate market is benefiting from that. Depending on the side of the transaction you're on, the sellers are benefiting from that. I think the buyers have a lot of competition from other markets, possibly markets where they came selling a much more expensive house. So they have some advantages to them. I also was looking, you know, one thing that was interesting, and I have been hearing about this in the news as well, Portland is our hot area. And I don't mean the metro area. I mean actually the word Portland. And this market, you're, talking, you're talking like downtown, southeast, northeast, north Portland. Yes. Those types yeah. of areas. Okay. Yes. And this market report does support that. If you look on the second page under average sales price change, the double digits are only Portland. North Portland, 12.3%. Northeast Portland actually wasn't a double digits. It was 7.5%. But southeast Portland, 10.4%. Contrast that to Lake Oswego, West Lynn. They're at 3.5%. So I think a lot of people are experiencing that. I know we are. The actual Portland proper is moving faster and is showing more activity than some of the suburbs. And and maybe part of that is the traffic. <laughs> maybe people are figuring out, I don't want to be driving into the town. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I will say that traffic, especially going over the bridge to and from Vancouver, North Portland area, it's got awful. I mean, It's it, terrible. I, I came back from the beach the other weekend and it was like two o'clock on a Sunday and there was traffic backed up there and I was thinking to myself what in the world is going on there was no accident no anything just traffic and then of course you know you've got your 217 26 traffic as you go out to Beaverton that can be really bad and and you know even you know 205 
connecting Portland and, and West Lynn and, and Wilsonville, it gets really nasty down there too. Fortunately, you know, I'm able to take the back roads home every day and you can too, cause you're pretty close to your house. So we can avoid it, you know, at least at the end of the days. But uh, yeah, you're right. Traffic is something to consider. I think that a lot of people are, you know, they're drawn to downtown locations or neighborhoods because if they're working in that area, of course they can ride their bikes, they can use mass transit and, you know, they can stay off the freeways for the most part. Yeah. And speaking of that, Vancouver, I fully agree with you. I actually drove up to Vancouver on Saturday and same thing. It felt like a Wednesday at six o'clock or it was stop and go traffic all the way um, north of downtown through to Vancouver. And that does affect other commutes, too. If you also notice, I-84 from downtown is always a bottleneck. And that's because so many of those people from downtown that are going up to Washington don't want to take I-5, so they're trying to get get over to 205, which is the better of the two bridges as far as traffic goes, but I-84 just can't handle that traffic, and that then affects people that aren't commuting to Washington. All those people that just needed 84 to get out to Troutdale or to the east side or to Happy Valley, whatever the case, they then are being affected by that. And thus far, there is no plans to build a better bridge across there on the I-5 bridge. There was at one point, but they pulled the plug on it, and it We'll go into it another show, but there was some interesting speculation that was done in purchasing the property on both sides of the uh, bridge there by a uh, local developer who um, will remain nameless for the show. But when the federal government pulled the funding for the bridge project, obviously the states couldn't pony up and cover up the difference. They were going to chip in a little bit. So that dramatically changed what those pieces of property on both sides of that bridge going over from downtown Portland over into Vancouver are going to be used for moving forward, but they were going to expand the bridge, make it four lanes both ways, and obviously that would fix the traffic problem, but it was going to be a rather costly venture that the uh, federal government doesn't have the money for anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and my point is, even if that was going to start today, if they were going to break ground on that bridge today, I mean, how many years do you think that takes? So, and the fact that there's nothing on the book, there's no plans, there isn't even talks at this moment, tells you that this is not something that's going to be changing anytime soon. We're probably at least a solid five plus years out. ODOT had a uh, press conference. It was on Channel 8 recently, just in the past couple days. And, and they said they came out and said, people were asking them, they said, what are you guys doing? And they, they really focused on light rail. They focused on Max and, you know, those solutions. And people came out and they said, look, a lot of taxpayers don't ride Max. I mean, we have cars and we want to drive them. Are you going to expand some of these freeways? And they said, as it currently stands, there's no plans to expand the freeways. So it's out there. It's a hot topic. It definitely affects real estate. It affects where people are going to buy. I think, in my opinion, I think if I was looking at real estate, I wouldn't be buying in Vancouver for those reasons. I mean, unless you're working up there, man, that that commute across there, I don't care what you're saving in taxes is not worth it. I tend to agree with you there. And that is a a big reason why people jump up there. They want to avoid the income tax, but it's not worth the frustration and the hours lost of your life sitting in traffic to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I agree with a lot of the points that you made in terms of the market. The inventory levels changed, you know, a minuscule amount, 1.6 months to 1.7 months. I do believe that we're kind of at our inflection point in the market, though. I think that we'll slowly and steadily begin to increase inventory as months go along. You know, we're kind of heading out of the hot sales season, too. We're going to head into, you know, the rainier months, the fall and winter. And historically, there's less sales in those months, just less people moving. Kids are in school, things of that nature. So I think we're going to gradually see that inventory begin to rise. I don't know how high it will go, but I think that we're kind of at the inflection point as far as what the the bottom of the barrel is going to be inventory wise 
you know, another interesting stat, and I look on page two of the market action report to really delve into, okay, what does all this mean? Because it breaks down in each area like you were just talking about. And North Portland, so year over year from July 2015, comparing it to July 2014, and this was an interesting stat, there was only a 3.8% increase in pending sales, which means that, you know, only about 3.8% more homes essentially are selling than were. But there was a 12.3% increase in sales price, which was much higher than Northeast and Southeast Portland. So, you know, I don't know if you remember back in the last boom bust, but North Portland kind of led the way appreciation-wise, and it also busted the hardest. And so, for me, when I look at this year-over-year appreciation for North Portland compared to, let's say, Westland Lake Oswego, that's only 3.5%, you know, I'm thinking to myself that, that North Portland might be that volatile place. You know, it seems like it had a pretty high run-up. Northeast Portland only had a 7.5% increase year-over-year from, you know, this July to the previous July. Another interesting stat about Northeast Portland, though, is it had a 0% increase in pending sales from July 2014 to July 2015. But then if you look at Southeast Portland, they had a 32.6% increase in pending sales from July 2014 to July 2015. And to me, that says a lot. That says that Southeast Portland is going through a radical redevelopment right now. I think there's a lot of pockets there that people are able to buy into as the neighborhoods are improving and there's room for values to continue to climb in some of those pockets. When you go into closer and northeast, a lot of those pockets are very established. There isn't as much room for that value climb or for those people to you know, improve those areas more so than they've already been. So I understand that increase in sales price for Southeast Portland as well as the increase in pendings. But you know, when I look at North Portland, and I see that price increase of 12.3% from this July to the previous July, it says to me that might be a little volatile to me, especially with all the traffic up there and all the other stuff. I was just thinking that, Tucker. I was just thinking, you know, I've sold a couple places in Jansen Beach, and you you have the worst of both worlds in that regards. You have the Vancouver commute, but you don't have the tax benefits. Yeah. So North Portland, I think as as more and more people start to focus on this traffic, and we established that the Vancouver traffic is not changing anytime soon, I wonder how many people are going to start looking at those roads clogged up going up there and go, okay, where else can I buy? Yeah, and you know, it's a colorful area up there as well, and it, it has a fairly good amount of crime that happens up there too. I just personally, you know, I'm not drawn to North Portland, but beyond that, the traffic is is god awful. We've we've established that, but it just seems crazy to me that that always seems to have the biggest run up in price because it did before, it does again now. And so, I guess if I was a betting man moving into the slower months and maybe higher inventory, I would say that if there's a part of town that might give back a touch, that would be my bet. That's that's where I would put my bet, but you know, we'll see. You know, the other place that boomed pretty dramatically and then crashed pretty dramatically is Happy Valley, Clackamas. And you do see some pretty high appreciation there as well. It's in the 9.4%. So it's almost pushing the double digits. What's your take on that area? You know, I think that in the first go around with Happy Valley, it hadn't grown into itself. We had housing, but we didn't have enough amenities to support the housing as far as commercial restaurants, shopping, things of that nature. And it hadn't connected to Damascus fully and and kind of those areas. I think the infrastructure has been built out more now than it was before. 
So I would say it's far less at risk now of having any sort of a give back or a flat line for a while, just because you have so many more amenities up there. It's much more established. It was a new development back in the last boom, and now it's got 10 years under its belt of filling in and kind of you know having these businesses move in and these extra amenities that weren't there before. So you know that's my take on it. What about you? I would fully agree. I think it really has blossomed in the last 10 years. They have added a lot of great restaurants and amenities. You know, when you're in Happy Valley, you're kind of a ways from downtown. So that was pretty important to do. People who live in Happy Valley, unlike, you know, close in northwest Portland or even Lake Oswego. I mean, Lake Oswego is only 10 minutes up the freeway or parts of Lake Oswego, even closer if you're in the north part of Lake Oswego. South part on the south side of the lake, of course, it's a little bit further. So they can be a little bit more reliant, even though Lake Oswego has a wonderful self-sufficient community of its own with a lot of amenities, they can also, you know, rely on Portland. So it was an important thing for Happy Valley to build out all those great restaurants, all the the various amenities that allow it to be self-sufficient because it is a good solid 20-minute drive, 25-minute drive, depending. And that's not with traffic. That's just a normal, you know, Saturday evening you want to head downtown. So they needed to have that. I agree, because you can get pretty buried back there, and it takes a while to get out. And so, you know, I think that that's not really an at-risk area. But one last stat I wanted to point out is that pending sales from July of this year to July of 2014 increased from 14 to 15, 28.4% in Lake Oswego and West Lynn. But prices only increased 3.5%. So to me, that's a good thing, because, you know, obviously the majority of our projects are in Lake Oswego. And so, you know, we moved a lot of our projects there because I wanted it to be insulated from the future ups and downs of the markets as much as possible. But that says to me that, you know, demand has been really high, but that hasn't then turned prices to jump extremely high as well. So, you know, it says it's, it's a pretty stable market moving forward. You know, I look at those numbers and, and I don't think that we're at risk of, you know, overpaying in a lot of parts, maybe for projects or things like that. Uh, I think that it's it's really stable, and to me, that looks like the kind of mutual fund, right? The slow and steady market within the Portland area, and it's good for me to see that. Yeah, and Lake Oswego will always benefit. I mean, it is the bubble. It's pretty landlocked. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, ways to add tremendous inventory within the city, so for that reason, it, it always will be a well-insulated place to invest. I think part of the reason, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, that it's not having tremendous appreciation is because it's already a pretty high price point. So higher price points just move a little, they're a little different animal. I mean, when we when we list a $350,000 house, you know, sellers ask us this. It's a common question. Hey, what should I price my house if I want to get three fifty? Well, I always tell them you should price it at three fifty because <laughs> that's probably <laughs> what you're going to get. But when somebody lists a $750,000 house, that could be a little different equation. There tends to be a little bit more room for negotiations. So I think that's part of the reason those numbers in Lake Oswego seem to be a little bit more subdued is just because it, it is higher price points. There's a smaller pool of buyers and they just don't move quite as dramatically. But I think that's a good thing for a guy like you, especially because of the reduced inventory, reduced ability to add inventory. There's never going to be a mass influx of new construction in Lake Oswego. It's always going to be spot projects here and there. And, you know, having the street of dreams there this year was really special to find a place where you could put nine lots together, nine fairly large lots for Lake Oswego is going to be a rare thing. I don't know that we're going to see that too many more times. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. It's it's definitely a challenge, that's for sure. But, 
you're right about the price point being a little higher, but you know, either way, it bodes well for the future of that area and obviously Westland as well because they're kind of coupled together in the stat. But I guess bottom line is that after looking at these stats, North Portland to me seems a little suspect price-wise, but other than that, everything seems pretty solid. There was one just kind of wild stat, and I don't want to talk about that part of the market too much, but in Mount Hood, there was a 78.6% increase in pending sales from last year to this year, but yet there was a negative 6% price appreciation. Wow. <laughs> so I don't even know what to think about that, but uh, I just threw that out there for our listeners to chew on as we kind of wrap up this segment. <laughs> I'll say one more little thing. Yamhill County, I'm real familiar with that area. They only had a 1.6% appreciation. For those of you that don't know, they are working on a bypass that will speed up that drive between McMinnville to Portland pretty substantially. It makes you kind of wonder what's going to happen in that market when suddenly, because right now the drive into McMinnville is just terrible. It's terrible. You're going down two-lane highways. You're going through city after city, Dundee, then Lafayette and Newburgh. So the ability to go... I believe it's going to be something you're going to shoot out from Sherwood two lanes out onto a bypass that takes you all the way almost to 18 by Dayton. It'll be interesting to see what happens to that market. You know, it is a beautiful area out there. It is wine country and it is a pretty neat little city. I mean, McMinnville is about 36,000 people as the crow flies. It's only about 30 some miles from Portland, but it's always been felt like an hour because of the road system there. And that is one area where they're actually dramatically improving that. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, if and when they get that put in, you know, it'll be similar to, you know, what happened with Sherwood. It really started to blow up because obviously ease of access, ease of in and out and ease of transportation to Portland really plays in heavily as far as what people will pay and how many people will live there. So absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. If they put that in, that's that's a game changer for that area. But, you know, you're from there, so you obviously know a lot more about it than I do. They're a couple years out. It's it's underway. And if and when you drive through Dundee right now, you can see it in action. I think 2017 is when it's done. Here's the way that works. The good time to buy won't be then. <laughs> <laughs> the opportunities will be now. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, I think we've pretty much run through all the numbers that are important on this, this month's market action report. So thanks for another what I think is a great episode here of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. We might have a guest, maybe. We'll see. We'll let everybody know. But either way, it'll be a great episode. Any parting words, Steve? Yeah, put your questions on Facebook. We'd love to have our listeners, you know, let us know what you want us to talk about. Ask us questions. Get our opinions on things. We have a Facebook page. Like us on there. And that's a great way to listen to the shows and let us know what you're thinking and what you want to hear us talking about. Yeah, I agree 100%. All right, everybody out there in listening, this is Portland Real Estate Podcast signing off till next week. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.